You are listening to the Keith Craft Podcast. Get ready to think better and be encouraged through weekly episodes created with you in mind. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining me for the Keith Craft Podcast today. And this is part two of what the hell is going on because there's a whole lot of hell that has been unleashed in the United slash divided states of America. And it's in the name of racism. It all started, as everybody knows who will listen to this, as a result of the bad, evil cop and cops who were a part of uh, killing George Floyd. And with that said, what is happening months later in the United States of America has nothing to do with George Floyd's death. It has to do with, in my first uh, part one of this podcast, what the hell is going on? It has to do with hell being unleashed in the earth through the hearts of people who do not know God. And anybody that knows God and that's a part of that or that is complicit about what is going on in the streets, the anarchy, the lawlessness, the, the, just the total um, uh, disregard for the, the law, the total disregard for America, the total disregard for our history that has helped to make America uh, not even arguably or inarguably. It, there, there is no number two in the world. America is the greatest country that there ever has been. It's the greatest experiment in democracy that there's ever have that there ever has been. And yes, there's been mistakes for 244 years. But l- let me let me just say out of the gate. And again, I say this to every person of every color that will listen to this. It doesn't matter if it involves, in your mind, racism or systemic racism. I'm not going to argue that point, whether I, or, or even tell you whether I agree or don't agree with it, uh, because it's just too polarizing. The bottom line is, if you look back, if you focus on the past, you cannot move forward and have a positive future. If you react every time something negative happens and it kicks you to what happened last year in your marriage, 20 years ago in your marriage, the time that time somebody wronged you, if you're going to live on that side of life, there is no peace for you in the future, I promise. And the Bible is is the book for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers, for those of us who call ourselves believers, the Bible is our manual for life. It is how we live our life. It gives us our philosophy of life. It transcends our nationality, our ethnicity. It transcends what part of the world that you were raised in. It transcends the time of the world that you were born into. The, the bottom line is that, that there are people, in, uh, insidious people, who want to tear down what has made America the greatest country in the world. There are people who want to not just tear down monuments, not just tear down, uh, not just burn federal buildings, not just uh, cause all kind of violence and, and anarchy in our streets of America. But the bottom line 
is that there's people, they can't be grateful about anything. So they're focused about everything that's, that's negative. And let me just tell you, it's a dishonoring spirit. There's been a, a dishonoring, seditious spirit against established authority that's been released. And I want to remind all my brothers and sisters of red, yellow, black, and white. We're all precious in his sight. God is the one who raises up authority. God raised up Barack Obama and God raised up Donald Trump. You can like it or not like it, but when you're speaking against authority, you're speaking against God. Really hear what I just said. And somebody needs to say it. It has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. It has to do with authority that God has set in place. Read your Bible. And you don't have the privilege, you don't have the right as a believer and as a Christian to to speak against authority. You can question authority. You can want things to get better when things are, are not where they should be. You can want justice when there's been injustice. And by the way, God's great at that. He's great about bringing justice. But the fact is, is you cannot have a disloyal spirit and call yourself a Christian. Disloyal to who? Disloyal to people that are in authority. So again, what do we have to do? when? And I want to just put this in perspective. I want to put it in perspective, and you're going to probably hear me flipping around here because I've got to... I've got to pull some things up so I can read it to you. But this is what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 1 and 2. For people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break. But it will then be too late to help them. In the Message Bible, verse 2 of Proverbs 29 says, When good people run things, everyone is glad. But when the ruler is bad, everyone is groaning. Everyone is groaning. The Bible says it like this. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And you might be listening right now. And and again, if you're going to listen to the filter of politics, then what you're going to say is say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know. Uh, President Trump is unrighteous and he's this and he's that. And he's a racist. He's a xenophobe. And he's a, uh, all, all, all these names. I mean, there's names people have just railed against him as the president of the United States. And, uh, and whether you like him or not, whether you're Republican or Democrat or not, the bottom line is he is the leader of the greatest country in the world and he is in the place where he has the most power of any person in the world. And so, again, you, you, can, you can make it about politics, but it's not about politics. You can make it about race, but it's not about race. Uh, there's issues on both sides of politics. There's all kind of issues in, in race. There always has been, and by the way, there always will be. It's only in Christ that there's neither Greek nor Jew. It's only in Christ there's neither male nor female. It's only in Christ there's neither slave nor free, rich nor poor. It's only in Christ that we can hope to have that kind of reconciliation because the Bible is clear that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So, so I want to just say this. There's, there's just so much craziness that's going on in the world today. And, 
and it's it's so hard for people to even know what the truth is, but I want to give you a perspective, and that's all it is. Over the last four months, we've lived through the most difficult, some of the most difficult times, really, in modern American history. Uh, it's my opinion, and that's what it is, my opinion, that people who are, are public officials that are supposed to be helping us as Americans have actually shut America down, and not only shut America down in the midst of this pandemic, but then there's been this, this as a result, again, of what happened. But what's happening right now is not a result of what happened to George Floyd. It's not a result of 400 years of racism, systemic racism. It's a result of hell coming out of hell into the earth. And guess who's given the authority of the devil to run the streets of America? Americans have. People who do not have any kind of concept of God. And then people who are of God are complicit, in my opinion, in it because they're not speaking out about it. I'm speaking out about it. I'm saying it's wrong, red, yellow, black, and white. It doesn't matter. People throwing rocks, throwing bricks, pulling down monuments, lighting buildings on fire, uh, trying to erase our history, canceling, our, trying to cancel our culture, talking about how horrible America is. Listen, you're, you're free. I want to say this to anybody that's listening to this. You are free to go to any other country and try to roll it yourself. Try, try to roll under their rules. And by the way, let me just say this. Let me say it strongly. Majority rules in every country of the United States or in every country of the world. And so, yes, white people are the majority. But guess what's great about America? What's great about America is white people, not just the 14.6% of black people, that just your whole black vote couldn't have voted Barack Obama into the presidency of the United States. White people had to do that. You joined us. You're the minority. That's the reality. That's not racism. That's the reality. Listen, it wasn't just black people that were watching Oprah Winfrey on BET. It was Oprah Winfrey on, on major news networks and now being her multiple times, now has her own network. She can do whatever she wants to do. There's a whole lot of white people that made Oprah Winfrey what Oprah Winfrey is. There's a whole lot of white people in basketball uh, coliseums. There's a whole lot of white people in football coliseums that are watching 70% of football players being black or African-American playing on the field, rooting for their team, could care less what the color of their skin is. There's a whole lot of people in basketball, again, football stadiums and basketball arenas. In basketball, almost 80% of the players are black. Well, white people aren't going, oh, those black players. No, they're paying them hundreds of billions of dollars. Why? Because it's their favorite team. Has nothing to do with the color of their skin. So you can take your stands against racism, against injustice and all of that. But I'm just here to tell you, you're, you're in a country that has 70% plus of white people and they're the ones cheering you on. They're the ones buying the tickets. They're the ones buying the products. And yet everybody wants to talk about how bad it is. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's some things that need to change, but there's some things that need to change in my marriage and probably yours too. There's some things that need to change in our country, but there's some things that need to change in me and probably you too. There's some things that need to change. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
Listen, if you, I watched recently a series called Outcry about a young man who was falsely accused of being a pedophile that, that, that was, was a white kid, not black. And the injustice that happened in the great state of Texas, by the way, that happened to this kid and he was falsely accused and finally it was pr- proven. And it showed me the injustices that there are on the justice system. That it's not just about black people. It, it, listen, there's injustice everywhere. There's bad cops everywhere. But all cops aren't bad. And all cops aren't good. That, that's, that's the reality. But the majority of cops, I believe, are good. I'm, I'm the son of a cop. A good cop. But anyway, there's so much, there's so much that's being said and so much that is being thrown out there that is negative and that is seditious, which the Bible calls is sin, disloyal to established authority. We talked about it in part one. But, but in our country, what's happened is, is that there are people who I believe are unrighteous, has nothing to do with side of the political spectrum they're on, that are unrighteous, that are ruling, that are wanting to defund the police and have their own personal security. Is that fair, y'all? Does that make sense to you that you would live in a state where where the governor or the mayors of the cities are calling to defund the police, but they're, they're having you, the taxpayer, pay for their personal security? It's insanity. It's insanity. And those same people in places like Seattle and L.A. and Chicago and New York, those same people are making decisions about businesses and entrepreneurs and, and, and whether businesses are going to be open or closed. But guess what? Their salary isn't affected one bit. It's wrong. What the hell is going on? That's what's going on. Is there is such a double standard and what's happened is there's been just this major lockdown in the name of this pandemic that in many ways is a scamdemic. It's not that coronavirus isn't real. Oh, it's real. But guess what? Let me just, let me just point something out to you so that you understand uh, what's happened. Because all these people that are shutting, like the governor of California that's shutting the whole state down, is shutting the state down because he said we're following the science. So on March 30th, the infamous Imperial College of London model predicted 2.2 million deaths in the U.S. by September 1st. That prediction was absurd. It, it ain't going to, that's, that's not going to happen. And so the study was soon revised radically downwards, too late. It had already become the basis for unprecedented government power. California was not only the first state to lock down its economy and confine its citizens to their homes. And now the governor of California says churches can't even meet in a home. And other states begin to follow suits. And then the media got involved in it. And never before had public officials required millions of lawful businesses to shut their doors, throwing tens of millions of people out of work. And they did so at the command of one particular group of experts, those in the medical and public health fields who viewed their mandate as eliminating one particular health risk with every means at their disposal. And it's been unbelievable. They started rolling out emergency decrees, governors and mayors 
to, to terminate economic activity. The lockdown mandates were employed. Wine stores and pot dispensaries are, were deemed essential businesses. Still in California, hey, we got to have our liquor. Even the governor of New York said, we got we to have the liquor open. That's what's helping people get through this. Let me tell you something, uh, Mayor Cuomo. Here's the bottom line. The, the bottom line is, or Governor Cuomo, the bottom line is people ain't going to get through stuff because of their alcohol. They're going to get through stuff with God. But people who don't, aren't righteous don't know that. Large grocery stores, medical offices were required to shut down. Small retail establishments. The, the governor in Michigan used her pen to, to borrow the sale of seeds and gardening supplies and paint. I mean, just these mandates that begin to sweep around, across the country by mid-March, two weeks before the Imperial College model was published. Listen to this now. Italian health data showed that the corona virus was terribly lethal to a very small subset of the population, mostly the elderly and a minor health problem to nearly everyone else who is not already severely ill. The median age of the coronavirus descendants in Italy was 80, and they died with, with a medium of nearly three comorbidites, such as heart disease, and diabetes. So in other words, they, the, the lead author of the Imperial College model has admitted that up to two-thirds of all coronavirus fatalities would have died from their C-O-M-O-R-B-I-D-I-T-I-E-S by the end of 2020 anyway. Now that doesn't say, well, you don't care about people dying. No, 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 no. But isn't it amazing that three months later that this profile of corona casualties still holds true? I had coronavirus. You know how long I had it? For about a day and a half. Because I had an aggressive doctor who put me on hydroxychloroquine, erythromycin, 200 milligrams of, of zinc every day, 325 milligrams of aspirin a day, CBD oil to control the inflammation. And guess what? I blew right through it. And I'm 60, and I've had heart stuff. So I'm in the vulnerable category, and I blew through it in a day and a half. So again, most of the people that have died from this and that will die from this are people who are, the, the, are, are already, were already projected, most of them, to die in 2020 anyway. That doesn't justify anybody dying by this disease. I'm not trying to put a band-aid on anything. I'm just giving you the facts. So there's been so much disinformation and, and, and that this is some kind of something that's just going to just continue just to kill massive amounts of people. Listen, because you, you test positive for the coronavirus does not mean you're going to die. In fact, 99% of people who test positive are going to recover from this. And the other people that don't recover are people that are compromised. You can't do anything about that. I will say this, that the governor of New York uh, caused, in my opinion, a lot of the deaths that happened in New York because he sent sick people to nursing homes. What in the world?
It's just craziness. It's absolutely crazy. So what we've got is public health experts did not disclose that the outdoors was the safest place to be and that people should get out of their homes and into fresh air. That's the fact, ladies and gentlemen. The experts' newfound power over nearly every aspect of American life was dependent on the maintenance of fear. So we're living in a country where we're dealing with things that we don't even understand. That even in June, okay, and I'm recording this in July. In June, there was a better than expected employment report. And the truth is that the long-term shutdowns, the continuing mandates, the social distancing will prevent a full economic recovery, probably for years to come. 44 million Americans up on this recording are still out of work. Supply chains thrown into chaos. Fresh fruits, vegetables are being plowed under and livestock burned, uneaten for lack of access to processing plants and markets. Small businessmen have had to put their life savings into creating some kind of new service for customers so that they won't see all their hard work go up in smoke. I mean, it just goes on and on. City budgets have been decimated. The additional $8 trillion in public debt taken on to try to substitute for a private economy will cause, it's just, it's just you know, again, it's, it's, it's socialism before socialism happens, that somehow the government is the answer. Think about this. In four months, $8 trillion has been added to our debt. And what has been the response of, of again, what we can call economic carnage on the part of people that are in power or ruling? Politicians have put their names on what has taken private property or what has been a taking of private property on an unprecedented scale. Again, I've already mentioned uh, Governor Cuomo, who calls the state of lockdowns New York on pause, as if somehow commerce is going to, you know, just come right back when this virus is lifted. The, the politicians, again, unrighteous people that are in place, their ignorance about the complexity of economic life because they're politicians. They're, they're not running businesses. They're running states and billions of dollars, some of them, and they've never even run a, a personal business. But their ignorance about the complexity of the economic life has been stunning, to say to the, to the least. Almost to a person, every elected official, every public health expert, every media pundit who have lectured Americans about the need to stay in an indefinite lockdown had a secure, essential job. So they're making decisions about us. I'm a business owner. I'm not just a pastor. I'm a business owner. Not one of them feared that his employer would go bankrupt. Anyone who warned that the effects of lockdowns would be more devastating than anything that the coronavirus could inflict was accused of being heartless, a heartless capitalist, and only cared about profits. But to care about the economy is to care about human life. Since the economy is how life is sustained, it is 
a source of meaning as well as sustenance, binding humans to each other. To its workers, every business is essential and to many of its customers as well. I mean, it's just crazy. In May, politicians started inviting a few scattered sectors of their state economies to reopen, with blue state governors and mayors being particularly just almost just having to uh, be obligated to do it. They invoked science to justify their their guidelines that determined how businesses were going to work. And scientists, we were told, dictated the timetable of reopening based on the rates of hospital bed vacancies. And by the way, let me just say something. As of this recording, there's been so much mis- and disinformation, even about what's happening in Houston, that the beds are full. No, no, no. There's 2,500 beds today that are available in Houston that are not being used. So much disinformation. And what's happening is, is that this, this somehow risk-averse mentality is a badge of honor. I want to say this about social distancing that makes operating many businesses and, and even life virtually impossible. The six-foot rule is the metrics for supposedly reopening. The World Health Organization recommends three feet, and many countries have adopted that as the recommendation. But keeping customers and employees six feet apart render most cities and businesses unworkable, from restaurants to concert halls to, to think about it, football stadiums and and it's not a sustainable financial model. Then the city started burning. What's been a cold war on the economy has become a hot war civically. Government officials shut down commerce due to ignorance of how markets work. And they've enabled the torching and looting of thousands of businesses due to their not taking responsibility for protecting their people and providing civil peace. Unbelievable. This is all in the name of racism, right? No, I don't think so. It's in the name of hell. It's the enemy playing with people who are supposed to be leading and politicians who are supposed to be governing righteously, but they're governing according to ideologies, not even politics, just their ideologies. From what's happened in Seattle to what's happened in Minneapolis. I mean, to have a a mayor in Minneapolis on May 28th to order the city to shut down their third police precinct and evacuated the police out of... It's just been absolutely crazy. You guys know the story. Some cities across our country have just... It's its savagery to see what's happening. There's almost a lust for violence and a sheer joy at the plunder and destructions 
that had been happening. Over 1,200 police officers in the last four months have been hurt, many, many killed. I don't even have the number of how many that have been killed today. Businesses trashed, courthouses burnt, looters driving trucks through storefronts. And again, people want to just focus on racial equality. Governors and mayors, particularly in blue states, ordering law enforcement to stand down. And New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, let's have a light touch with rioters. That was his direct quote. We're living in a country right now where there's not only rioting and coronavirus shutdowns, but there's some type of insidious, hellish agenda that's going on here that in Jesus' name, I'm standing against, and I hope you'll stand it against, stand against it with me. The double standards that have been on display Politicians and experts condescendingly rebuking business owners for reopening without official permission. In America, can you imagine that? Who banned funerals and church services of more than 10 people. But who helped protesters and encouraged protesters protesting in the streets. Mayor de Blasio explained that protests over 400 years of American racism, America hadn't even been a country for 400 years, are not the same as a store owner or devout religious person who wants to go back to services. Where is that? What is that mentality? While a store owner, he said, may be understandably aggravated their grievances must still be suppressed in the name of coronavirus safety. Wow. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy congratulated the Black Lives Matter activist and distinguished them from a mere nail salon entrepreneur from our area here in Dallas from protesting their ongoing business status. Different orbits, Murphy said. It's been unbelievable, friends. By the way, nearly 1,200 of these same experts, including from the CDC, signed a public letter supporting the unsocially distanced protest on the grounds that white, here's a quote, white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. Wow. I could not disagree more. Just, just hellish. Hellish. In other words, some things, because of, in some people's minds, the way things have been, rooting, lawlessness, anarchist, are somehow justified in doing what they're doing? 
So many public officials abdicating their responsibility to not only protect their citizens, but also to make governance work for the people and by the people. And they're allowing a few dissidents, seditious people full of hate to control the narrative. So I asked the question, what the hell is going on? And I'll tell you this, the hell that's going on is a result of a spirit that has been unleashed in the earth, a spirit of anarchy, a spirit of lawlessness, a spirit that that exacerbates untruths about America, a spirit that tries to focus on the problem and the problems of the past rather than the solutions in the present and in the future. You see, the truth is, what the hell is going on is exactly that. It's hell. And in the name of Jesus, I want to say that we command, we command, everybody that listens to this, we command that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell in California, Seattle, Chicago, New York, wherever there is unrighteousness that is ruling people, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's way of doing things. And I just pray for you. I pray for your business. I pray for your family. I come into agreement today that if any two of us shall agree as touching anything on earth, my Father in heaven will do it. And I come into agreement as a son of God, as a pastor, as a thought leader, as a business owner, I come into agreement with every person who calls themselves a believer. And we say, devil, take your hands off of America. We ask that there would be an open heaven over the United States of America. We ask that your kingdom come, your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. We come against a spirit of hatred, variance, wrath, strife, and seditions that according to Galatians 5.21, people who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We call forth the grace and the mercy and the power and the unity of God to be unleashed in our country. And in the name of Jesus, God, that you would give us a true spirit of reconciliation because your word says we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Help us, God, both as red, yellow, black, and white to fix what's wrong, but let it begin with me. Let it begin with my marriage. Let it begin with my family. Let it begin with my people. Let it begin with my ethnicity. Let it begin with my country. God, thank you for America. Father, I just pray that a spirit of honor would be restored and somehow, some way that you would show what your will is in this season and that heaven 
would have to stop because when all hell is breaking loose, all heaven is drawing nigh. That hell would have to stop because we the people, not of the United States, but we the people of the kingdom of God have the power to bring heaven to earth. Thank you, Lord, that your word declares that we overcome evil with good. And no matter what the media chooses to to promote and pontificate, and no matter what the ideologies are, ideologies, man's way of thinking and doing, that God let the church arise and let the enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. And Father, in this darkness, we speak light. Last thing I want to say is this. What the hell is going on? Heaven is stopping hell today in the name of Jesus. I love you. I'm praying for you. I love this country. Let's be committed to personal growth and development. Let's be committed to being believers who actually live what we believe. Let's be believers who are part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And let's be believers that get unrighteous people, people who are not led by the Spirit of God, out of ruling over people. And in the name of Jesus, believe that God will raise up people like a Ben Carson, raise up people in our country who will lead not just with morals, not just with values, but who will help us lead biblically with a biblical worldview and a kingdom mindset. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keith Craft Podcast. For more information on personal coaching, masterminds, and other leadership resources, go to keithcraft.org. You can also stay connected by following at Keith Craft on all social platforms.